Welcome to the Dharma Spring. Our koan. I'll bring it in again. It's called A Young Men's One Treasure in the Center. According to this this version, this translation of it, which is by Joan Sutherland and John Tarrant. Young men said, In the center of the cosmos, inside heaven and earth, there is one treasure hidden in the body. It picks up a lantern and walks into the meditation hall. It brings the entrance gate and puts it on top of the lantern. In the footnote, it indicates that Yunmin is paraphrasing a teaching um, by a monk and teacher named Sing Zhao, who lived in the 5th century, was um, Chinese, but it was at that time where people from India, Indian teachers, were coming into China, and Buddhism was beginning to spread in other ways there. Um, Sing Zhao studied with Kumarajiva, one of the Indian people who had come to China, and also with Buddha Bhadra, who, is, who was a student of Prajnatara, just like Bodhidharma, and came to China before Bodhidharma, and turned out to actually be the first abbot of the Shaolin Temple before Bodhidharma arose, arrived, <laughs> arose. Um, in his Buddhism, Buddha, Buddha Bhadra's was a little bit different, more uh, Theravada in style. So, Sing Zhao was hanging out with these people prior to Bodhidharma coming, and Bodhidharma brought something different, which became Chan, became Zen, became our way, is our way. And the story goes that, and this is one of the stories that Chan will create and tell, rather than it maybe being factually accurate, as Chan is wont to do <laughs> in many cases. Um, it just says, you know, Seng Zhao got into some trouble and was going to be executed. But then he asked for a seven-day stay so he could write this treatise. This jewel treasure treatise is what it's called. So it's like, oh, well, I've, got, I've gotten something important to say, so can you not kill me for seven days so I can write it down? And then do what you will. And so that's what happened, according to the story. Um, so the phrase shows up, I noticed... It refers to one other, there's one other koan referred to in particular where it shows up, but I noticed in my perusings it shows up in a few places. Um, maybe not this phrase, but Sen Zhao's teaching being referred to. But a phrase as it's um, quoted in another, like quoted more directly in another koan is, The universe and I have the same root. The ten thousand things and I have one body. So, Yun Min paraphrases this and kind of brings his own sensibility to it. Thinking back to the other day, bringing in his teaching about everybody has a light inside. You can hear that in this paraphrase version. In the center of the cosmos, inside heaven and earth, there is one treasure hidden in the body. Yeah, you can hear the connection, but also feel the difference there. And in speaking of differences, I... This is um, 
case 62 of the Blue Cliff record. It's also 92 in the Book of Serenity. And so looking at different versions, um, the second part is Yunmin's own commentary or you know, addition. And what you will find if you look at other versions, particularly in this case uh, translated by Cleary, is a difference in the um, hmm, a difference in how it's presented. The second part. So again, our first part. We've been hanging out with this treasure hidden in the body. It picks up a lantern and walks into the meditation hall. It brings the entrance gate and puts it on top of the lantern. Well, the Cleary version says, after talking about, well, here's the whole thing, because it's a bit different in general. Yunmin said to the community, Within heaven and earth, through space and time, there is a jewel hidden inside the mountain of form. Pick up a lamp and go into the Buddha hall. Take the triple gate and bring it on the lamp. So the, the beginning is somewhat the same when he refers to that mountain of form. That's a way of referring to our bodies. And it's um, composed of this mountain of form, the, this heap of a mountain. It is the four elements, the basic elements, fire, water, earth, wind. And then the five heaps, the skandhas, our five ways of understanding and organizing things. Sensation, perception, mental reaction, consciousness, and form, of course. So it's a fancy way of saying your body. <laughs> and in, in the other version we have, says it more directly. This treasure is hidden in the body, this body of yours, and this body of all. Yeah. But it's very different, the, the second part. Whereas Joan and John's version brings forth this kind of natural happening, this treasure. It carries a lamp into the meditation hall. It brings the entrance gate and puts it on top of the lamp. In the Cleary version, it's a command, yeah? Pick up a lamp and go into the Buddha hall. Take the triple gate and bring it on the lamp. For me, what that brings about is, it's like, okay, young men has said this phrase, paraphrased, Sing Zhao. And then this is encouragement. Okay, go into the Buddha hall, take this lamp, take a lamp, light, illuminate things, and look into this for yourself. Not only that, let that be an entrance gate for you. Let what you practice there and study and discover in your own mind, in your own experience, let that be the entrance gate. So, a connection there, but kind of a different flavor, rather than being something that's just happening this is something to go and do, yeah. And, as we will bring in again and again, when Koan presents you with multiple choices, multiple versions, multiple options, perspectives, things like that, you are not expected to choose from them. No reason to choose one over the other. Allow them to be welcome them and notice, well, it's like this, and it's like this. So it's good to have these two differing versions to live alongside each other. Um, 
And in this case, what it invites me to do is go about my natural happenings. Notice how that is just as itself, understanding what that is, the lamp and the entrance gate, whatever is happening for me. And look into this whatever is happening for me and see more clearly, maybe in more detail, what might this be revealing and showing and illuminating, yeah? So I've been doing that, and um, first kicked in on Monday after our session here. I um, we wrapped up here, and I went and got another cup of tea, and perusing Facebook, you know, flipping through, scrolling along, and this ad came up, and I think it, it was for a blanket or maybe a nice coat or something. And the phrase said, fall in love with fall. And it struck me as, huh? <laughs> That's a weird phrase. And I understand the, uh, well, the, the secondary understanding was, oh, they're giving this kind of imitation. Here, get ready to buy your blankets and your coats and get ready to fall in love with fall. But I initially heard it as fall itself is in love with fall. <laughs> fall in love with fall you know this thing being what it is is in love with being what it is it was kind of that feeling um and the reason that came up for me is well very much looking forward to autumn coming yeah fall and it's kind of i don't know it might be my favorite season of all try not to have favorites, but there's something about the autumn and the fall that, you know, I really enjoy. And so when it said fall in love with fall, I could connect with that love that I have for fall. And so right there, this was Monday where it was still in the 90s and everything here. It wasn't like winter today, and maybe fall tomorrow. <laughs> but right in the midst of that heat, I felt, ah, I was in the midst of autumn, in the midst of fall, in love with it. So that love was there without the season having to be there. And that's why it came across to me as, ah, fall, and I'm in love with fall, even though it's not even fall. <laughs> so that's what rolled around in my head and my experience, thanks to an ad on Facebook, yeah? So, at once, I was having the experience, and then looking at, oh, what is that showing me, yeah? And what it showed me, in addition to what I've said, was this other experience I had some years back, where... Another ad involved in this situation. Driving back and forth on I-25 on a daily basis, there was this billboard up there by Fillmore. No longer there because they replaced them, thankfully, because it really confused me. I didn't understand it. It was a billboard. It showed a nice luxury car. A Lexus, something I don't remember. I remember it was black. And the tagline, the big ad, was, Find Your Zen. And I had no idea what they meant, what that meant. I mean, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I could put the, um, eventually logically say, oh, they're trying to say, buy this car and you'll be at peace. I could piece that together, but I couldn't make a connection with it. It baffled me. It's like, how is that finding your Zen? <laughs> and I think that's one of the ways this practice can ruin us um, for the capitalists and the consumerism. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing. But yeah, that baffled me. Every time I saw it, I was like, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. <laughs> um, so in one case, just the other day, an ad that really spoke to me and I got it. I'm not in any hurry to go out and buy a new blanket or coat. Um, I actually just discovered, oh yeah, I forgot. I bought this sweatshirt I'm wearing today. I bought it last year for these colder times and I forgot that I had it until yesterday because I needed it. So I'm good for autumn and winter with this jacket. But anyway, that ad spoke to me more deeply, the, scent, uh, the sense of what they were saying and fall in love with fall. But the other one, find your zen, connected to a car, just didn't make any sense at all. Still doesn't. <laughs> um, but that can reveal something about me, show me something about me. So those were two related wanderings and wanderings of my mind. Um, then a couple of poems drifted to mind too. Kind of both relating to the, the two different senses of what's brought forth in these different translations. One, if you've been to a retreat, you'll recognize as one of the selections from our words for the close of evening ceremony or end of day ceremony by Anasphere. Whether in daytime or in nighttime, I always carry inside a light. In the midst of noise and turmoil, I carry silence. Always I carry light and silence. To me, that resonates with the, the treasure hidden in the body, always carrying a lantern, always carrying the entrance gate, naturally so. So that light and silence, always with me, always being carried, functioning and at use, even when I'm not putting them to use. Yeah. I might discover them by surprise. They just pop up. So that's that one aspect of it. It's just the natural happening. There's naturally this light and silence within me that I'm always carrying, or maybe it's always carrying me would be the way to say it from that side of things, the natural occurring, naturally occurring phenomena of that. But it can also go to the other side of employing it and using it. It's like I always have available this light and silence and I can put it to work, put it to use here. Those times of remembering, yeah, oh yeah, I forgot that the vastness is right here. I forgot the ground is right here beneath my feet. I forgot that I have silence and light right here inside that I can shine and use and lean upon. Then the other poem is by the haiku poet Basho. Even in Kyoto, hearing the cuckoo's cry, I long for Kyoto. <laughs> Even in Kyoto, hearing the cuckoo's cry, I long for Kyoto. So he's having an experience which is reminding him of an experience he's had elsewhere. And that makes him long to have that experience, longing to be in Kyoto as he was before, as he's right in the midst of Kyoto itself, hearing this cuckoo. 
<laughs> and that's this thing of, well, I'm carrying this lantern, taking the Cleary version, I'm carrying this lantern in this gate to look for something and try to find something. I'm looking for my experience, but I'm having an experience of looking for my experience. And that in itself is something, yeah? So a dual quality of looking for something, waiting to discover, to see what's illuminated, what becomes the entryway, in the midst of being the illumination and the entryway, so to speak, yeah? So having an experience, longing for an experience, which can sometimes have a feeling of, oh, I missed out. Maybe somebody around me, others seem to be having an experience. I'm not having that experience. Well, that's the experience you're having. The experience of not having an experience. <laughs> so again, that dual quality. Carrying the lantern and the entrance gate, looking for something to be illuminated and some way to enter. Actually being the activity of illumination and entering. So all these mind associations that we have, yeah, seem to be of this quality. Whatever's coming up for us, there's that dual quality of something is being pointed to and illuminated, and I'm trying to figure out what that is. I'm, I'm searching, I'm looking outward, shining that light, holding up this entrance gate, looking for a way to step through it. And if I can bring back my gaze, open up the space of my being there, I can also realize this very activity is the pointing. The pointing I'm looking for is being revealed by a pointing that's already happening. The entrance gate already here, the light already shining. So my activities, at once looking to reveal something, but also revealing something themselves, should I look. Yeah. One of the ways that comes about is thinking of Basho's poem and thinking of what other what we all experience is um, even came into the conversation the other day talking about this this territory bringing in other associations it reminds us of another experience we've had and we long to have that experience again yeah somebody the other day had said Oh, yes, basically, to paraphrase that, I know that experience, and when that happens, I'd like to stay there. I'd like to stay in that place. According to this koan, you are in that place. Yeah? And if you can look at that, it can illuminate, well, what's the feeling I have that says I'm not there, and what's that about, and what am I doing to create that feeling of not being in that place? Yeah. looking for that lamp, that entrance gate. Yeah. One that seems to be in the past or something I have to work my way towards, yeah. Well, what am I doing? What's the light and entrance gate of my thinking it's in the past or thinking I have to work toward it? What is the right here of entering and illuminating this? And then another koan came to mind that we spent time with a few months back. I think it's also Yunmin. I didn't look it up, pretty sure where somebody's asking about the light, 
you know, what is it to reach the light and all of that. And it ends with young men saying, never mind the light, forget it. Show me the reaching, give me the reaching. Yeah. <clears throat> so this idea of there's a light out there and what is it like to reach the light? How is it like, what is it like to abide in that light? Or maybe I've, I've experienced that light. How do I get back to it? <clears throat> and then the invitation in that koan is, forget about the light itself. This reaching, this longing, this searching you're doing right now, show me that. Let that be illuminated. Yeah. What is it right here? What is the light of your longing? What is the light of your reaching for it? What is the entry gate here? in this place, right where you are. So yeah, these koans, this way of being, at once pointed to something and also illuminating what's in the pointing, what's being pointed to right here. And you can even roll that back to these different translations that I brought in, how they illuminate the minds of the translators, yeah. <laughs> In Cleary's case, he's more of a scholar, not so much a practitioner. So, as a scholar translating things, you want to try to get the spirit and know your material and know, you know, the general sense of what's up here. But you might also want to have something that makes sense grammatically and comes together nice in a, in a way that pleases that particular part of your mind. How can I put these, this language that's very different from our own, how can I move, move it into our language and have it make sense? And so he chose this thing about, okay, so what Yun Min's saying is, there's this treasure within your body, now go look for it. Use your practice. Let that encourage you. So he says, take this lamp, go into the meditation hall, and let it be an entrance gate. Bring that with you and find the entryway. Whereas John and Joan being scholar practitioners, have a different sense that they're bringing forth. Yes, there is a treasure right here, hidden in your body, always functioning, always at work. It carries the lantern into the hall. It brings the entrance gate with it. Look at that. Notice that. How it's already happening. This isn't a command. This is an invitation to look at your experience, right here and now this very body, the Buddha, yeah? So, there it is. The, both of them pointing at something, and when you point your light at the territory of what they're saying separately, you see that there's something revealed in just the happening and their experience, their translations. The bigger picture, the meta picture there. And it occurred to me, hanging out with this koan, that all koans are like this lantern and entrance gate. Each one is like its own particular lantern, its own particular shape, with a certain light shining in a particular way, and you're given that lantern. Here, take this lantern. Carry it into your meditation, but also walk it through your life, hold it up to everything, see what this lantern and this light of it in this particular koan 
form that it's in see what it reveals and what it shows you and also notice what is your experience doing this yeah don't just see what's illuminated be illuminated in the process of you're looking for something yeah and let that become an entrance gate let that be the gate through which you enter both the thing you discover and your discovering of it let that be the entrance the mountain gate yeah so i liked that all koans are a lantern and an entrance gate an encouragement and a happening right here in our own experience yeah and that hidden treasure right here at the center of the cosmos inside heaven and earth within this very body yours in particular this vast body of the ten thousand things always functioning illuminated and illuminating Thank you for listening. For more about Andrew Palmer and his teachings, please visit bowandroar.com and look for him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.